Thanks for listening to Fluff and Crunch, where we talk about the connection and sometimes disconnect between system, setting, and story in tabletop RPGs. There we are. We are recording. Hello, Chris. It's been a couple of weeks since we've talked. Hi, Jeremy. It has because, yeah, reasons. Because life and stuff and things like that. Yep. Um, so on the gaming front, what's uh, Man, what's no, new? What's new for quick. you? I, I think, because like I said, it's been a few weeks. I think I've played a session of D&D since. I think it might have been the last time we recorded. Because then I've had a week where we didn't and another week where we didn't. But I think the, the last week we did meet was afterwards. So we, we carried on with our D&D thing, and I went back to playing with me running and Brian and Scott using their characters. Um, and it was quite funny because this links to something we talked about. When, when I did the first session, I used a proper proper cliche trope of a, an old wizard walks into the bar and, and offers them a quest. And they didn't question it. They just went ahead with it. So then this time I kind of turned that around by having like the guy that's stolen off in that one turn up and go like, you, you stole my stuff. And he went like, look, that's fine. Cause like you, you fought your way through the dungeon, like, and it was set up to kill you and you didn't die. So yeah, I can't complain. He said, but you do realize the guy you stole, the guy that you stole for was actually a bad guy. Uh, and like I, he works for the empire and I work against the empire. So you've, you're fighting for the bad guys. And they were like, oh, no, cause like, you know, we're, we're setting up this whole thing of there's like an evil empire and all our characters are anti it. Um, and they went, oh no, oh yeah, we didn't think to like look into the background of this bloke. So this guy was like, all oh, right, well, I want you to go and do this thing. So I talked about this thing called a living dungeon with a dungeon hut in it or something. So they went off with this totally dodgy looking, I mean, like alarm bell should have been ringing straight away because the guy I sent with them was just like, just looked bad. It was like this, this like orc assassin. And he just looked straight up like this guy is no good. Um, I think they thought oh, he was just going to kill him off again. Anyways, they fought the way through Dungeon and Bunch and other things. I actually used this. I, I did a Kickstarter called Dungeon Alchemist a while ago, where it's like a, a 3D map maker where you can like draw out little boxes and stuff. But then you can yeah, drop a camera that. in with it. So I was able to like, I had an overall a top view map that I could use. But then I was able to take, I took screenshots of like when they go into a room, what the, what the rooms look like. So I could then show that. Um, so that was really cool because then it meant like they had a better idea of what everything looked like um and they fought their way through that and then got to the end and then sure enough at the end the other guy like tried to try it except the other guy had taken a proper kick in about two rooms before and had like no help left <laughs> so he didn't do a very good job of trying to betray them so they got out with this thing and then i just had the wizard like turn up in the night and just like time stop them and just go like i'm taking this going ha ha i worked for the empire all along and just disappeared and they were like oh yeah we didn't look into this guy either it's like ah suckers <laughs> So I felt I felt very proud of myself that I like made them co convinced that the guy they were going to work for this time was the good guy and the other guy was the bad guy. And in fact, it was the other way around all along. Twists are good. Just, Twists like that are good. And they were like, oh, it was really railroaded. It was like, yeah, but you keep you kept doing what I said. So I'm gonna I went with it. Don't blame me. So now I'm gonna yeah. So it was it was hilarious. So I thought that was. And today, hopefully, Scott is no, not today. Tomorrow, Scott is actually meant to be running a session, and I don't think Scott's run a role playing session since. Like we were kids, he ran rifts. So that's cool. Thirty years. Good, good. How about you? We have been. Uh, we had a, I think, a week or so. Might have been two. I don't know. We we had some some 
uh, times when we couldn't meet, our group couldn't get together. And we, but we've still been playing the, I have been playing in a 5e game that one of the other people in my group has been been running. So we're now a couple of sessions in. We've moved from the initial, like, let's make the story get started site to the location of the first main story, done some things there, and now we're prepared to move out to, to somewhere else. And, uh, and, and, and to, the, to the excitement of um, the other players, our characters made second level. We just start at third. So ah, well, a lot I have of people to say, do, but start, no, it's, starting at. Let's go. You carry on. I'm yeah, no, starting at third. Yeah, no, I mean, I yeah, you, you with the archetype and all that, it 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 tends to give the character. There's a little more to it, and then you don't. You're not treating those initial uh, sessions as like, okay, that's just a means to an end. Let me get to the part where my character's interesting and can do the things I wanted to do. But it's been fun. Uh, it's been fun. I've I've been. I don't know why, but it seems like minis and fantasy games are like peanut butter and chocolate whereas like minis and science fiction games is less so and it may be because of the availability of fantasy minis and my greater familiarity and and you know admittedly low but still skill in making you know terrain and buildings and junk like it's easier to make a brick building or a tumble down stone wall than it is to make you know I don't know, a Starbase or something that looks all futury and whatnot. So I don't know what it is. Maybe that's just me. But it seems like when I think minis and games, I think the perfect pairing is minis and fantasy games. So we've been doing that, which means that we've been getting to use the LED lights and stuff like that on the gaming table that I built so that uh, we have mood lighting. So it's been fun. It's been good. I see it because... Having to make characters fight because obviously I, I've run five year like a lot. Well, not yeah. a lot compared to lot, what you know compared to what most people run it. Not a lot, but you know I've run five e a bunch of different times, um, and I was always oh, fine as a GM. So from a player side, oh god, I just I want to be playing Pathfinder because I'm like I'm literally sitting there going right, I, which class do I want? But even if I go oh, okay, I have this class and this class has this many subclasses. I don't like any of those subclasses. Yeah. I want to use an official one because then I can use the the PDFs I have with auto generate a lot of the stuff. Whereas if I use some homebrew, well, for a start, it could be horribly unbalanced. And I know we said like, you know, balance doesn't matter, but then there's like, you never know when something's going to be But that's an gone. assumption that a lot of people at a 5e table make that it will be whatever that's supposed to mean. So if something's really broken, yeah. that's, a, that's a problem. So at least we don't, exactly. We don't want something to be horribly broken. So we stick to the proper stuff, but then it's, it's a thing like, oh, I can't, I, the characters just can't, like I have a picture in my head, but I can't get a character that matches the picture in my head. And like last time, I, you know, I got around that by having a character with a split personality that switched between being a barbarian and a fighter because I couldn't decide what to do. And I don't like the multi-class in rules because if yeah. you multi-class, it means that like you don't get your extra attack for a whole extra yeah, level yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and then this time I was like, you're trying to decide, like I knew I was having a caster and I've spent a week trying to decide between um, a warlock, a sorcerer or a wizard because they're they're quite different, but none of them quite, and they all had flaws. And, uh, Whereas I know, like, if I just play Pathfinder, I could just pick one and then take the feats I want to make the character the way I want it to be, because that's how you can build a character in Pathfinder. Which is like, yeah, I've, I was like, I've oh. found, I have found myself. Uh, it, it's been fun. The, the the story's been been fun, been interesting. Um, the characters, yeah. You know, I mean, it just takes time. You you can't you can't make new characters and all of a sudden they function as a group and as a story, uh, and you don't yeah. even really know what they are. But I do find myself like. The mechanics of 5e are just so not to my liking. 
But well, whatever. I mean, I, Pathfinder mechanically works exact. The mechanics wouldn't be any different, but it's things like I, I know if I did Pathfinder, I have so many more options to build sure. a character how I want it to be built. In actual yeah. play, it'd be super similar. And then there's things I know I won't like, like the stats going up every single level, getting to silly numbers very quickly, no thanks. Um, which would bug me. So that's not my perfect. I just know in character creation, it's just like, oh, I feel so shoehorned into like- Yeah, you've definitely got more start options level the other I way. Have, I have to pick this subclass at level, and then that's it. My character is now decided for the next, you know, 17 levels now, other than I get to pick a feat or what spells I have. And that's about it. You get so little character choice. It's like, oh, can we do with this? Um, And so I worked it out. And I have enjoyed playing. And I've enjoyed running it. So that's the main thing. Good. That's not what we're doing today. No, it's not what we're doing today. What we're going to do today is your idea, which I think is a good idea, and launches a new, call it category or template for an episode. So why don't you take a second and explain that, and then we will dive into it. So I put this, I put it, I put, did I put lamented? <laughs> Often in our reviews of corporates, we have lamented. That was like a great word. Um, yeah, the, the, we've come across certain role-playing games, some 2D20 and, and some not, where we felt that one of the, my biggest criticisms is usually me saying that the game doesn't give a very good idea to the GM of what, what are the players going to do. So I know I've said this. I said, like, this would be an, an issue in Act in Cthulhu, except it's obvious because it's World War II and Cthulhu. So they don't need to tell you what to do because it's easy. You shoot Nazis and or Cthulhu monsters. So it's like, that's easy. Uh, like, I think I said this about Dishonored. I wasn't clear on and Dune um, and Homeworld especially. But when then we've said it about other games, so like, I think someone had asked in another forum or somewhere I read someone said, well, you know, what about Dragon Prince? What do you do in that? And I was like, really, it's not super clear. And because the world is mostly this cartoon, which follows a very narrow group of characters, it's super unclear what you do beyond that. Uh, so having made that criticism a lot, I thought, well, what would be useful then is to have a, a series of episodes where we actually pick either games. So some of the ones I mentioned we might do sessions on them um uh or actually just genres for you know if you're i mean if you're an experienced gm and you've played everything under the sun you you nothing here is going to be world breaking but if if you're maybe a newer gm or someone who hasn't gm'd before um or you're moving into a game you haven't played before because you only ever played dnd um then what we're planning to do is give you some some ideas go so here's this genre or here's this game here's a bunch of things you can use as a plot idea or a story idea adventure idea however you want to look at it that you can take and then hopefully build on that and and do something with it because um because some systems are great at this like the initial the initial 2d20 games in the gm screen had like random mission mm-hmm. builders yeah conan has Infinity a great adventure kind of, builder in it mutant chronicles i think did but still didn't make any sense so i still yeah. there was like a lot Weird. of savage world games have like random mission generators which oh. i just love because even if you're never going to use it as a random mission generator it gives you an idea of what could be happening. Or yeah, it, it it becomes, I've tended to use those things if I've used them as, call them like random inspiration generators. Yeah, They just give yeah. you things to think about. You know, you, you throw, you roll a couple of variables and then you're like, well, what would, what would a, let's see, broken down old drunken wizard, um, you know, uh, a, a secret cave, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, what would those things, how would they connect to one another? And you start to think. So, yeah. So we're going to, we're going to start this off and we're going to, you want to look at sci-fi as a genre. Yes. As a genre. And I know you're not a fan of core rule books with uh, sample adventures taking up page count in them. But I, I agree though, that there are, there are some, 
there are plenty of games, there are plenty of properties where it's really obvious. I think your, your point on Octum Cthulhu is spot on. Like if you read the player's guide and the GM's guide and you're like, I have no idea what I would run here. Like you, you've, I don't know what to do because again, it, it it's so obvious. Uh, I think that there are plenty of games, like even like Star Wars to an extent, um, there are assumptions about what you would do, but in general, I think, like I think what, Star Wars, I was going to say, I think Star Wars versus Star Trek goes on. If you don't know what to do in a Star Trek game, just go and watch a bunch of episodes right. because they're all, they're all different. Sure. But actually, but Star Wars the ideas. is an example of, it's not clear what you could do because Star Wars follows a very tight story. You know, Star right. Wars is the Skywalker saga. And if you step outside the Skywalker, Skywalker, the Skywalker saga, I think it is a bit less unclear of what yeah. could you do now. I think, well, I, I think that's where like, but done a good know, job of telling fantasy it. flight tried to address that by releasing edge of the empire first and introducing this, this backdrop of like scoundrels and villainy and current crime and stuff like that. But yeah, so we're going to talk about sci-fi as a genre and what are some good ways? What do we think at least maybe some story ideas and some of them will come across as cliched, I'm sure. And maybe some of them won't. And that's, that's fine. I mean, sometimes, sometimes the cliches are actually okay. I think it depends on how they're delivered. Uh, so yeah. what is what would you consider to be the A-list? You're moving to, you're, you're going to run a sci-fi game. Doesn't matter. But what's the A-list of like the most, the, the low-hanging fruit that is, the most obvious, maybe not obvious, but like the, the most, the, the, the story seeds that would be most readily accessible and, uh, and easy to put to use by a GM. Like someone is like, you know, I've played D&D and now I'm, I'm blue in the face about this. I'm going to go play a sci-fi game. I'm going to go play Traveler or I'm going to go play The Expanse or something like that or whatever. What could be, what, what's something? I think let, let's, let's just, well, let's assume that we ship because I think that makes it massive. Wait, wait. And then we can do it a, a different. Say that, that over like again because your sound went blah, 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 blah. That you've got a spaceship. Let's assume okay. that you've got a spaceship because I think we can do a separate thing for like, you know, cyberpunk or that kind of yeah. thing where, because I think it makes it very different. You could pulse, we'll do a whole separate one on cyberpunk, cyberpunk and so shadow. Actually, let's um, do this. Let's, let's specify it a little bit more. Let's say this is a, this is a sci-fi setting in which the characters either have or have immediate access to a ship that enables them to move from place to place in space, either within a limited area like a star system or, you know, across the galaxy. But there's this movement element and you have the means by which to go from A to B to C. So there's our backdrop. I'll give two of the most obvious ones because then we can decide what to pick. I think one of these is in media, whereas one where you are flying A to B and there's a distress call totally um uh yeah well let's go with that because that that was just classic that's that's the plot of alien yeah of the great sci-fi film from a perspective yeah yeah that's what happened and how many star trek episodes start with that yeah um, how many clone wars how many clone wars episodes start with something like that you know you hear the the music and there's the quote and then um that's also how the expanse starts as well. The expanse, oh, wow. essentially, the thing that sends them all off, and then the whole, all of the books and the series, everything else, is when the um, wow begins with C. Ah, it's, the Canterbury. You know, thank you. I was like, Canterbury. I remember the, the camp? It is a place in England. <laughs> yes, it is. The Canterbury gets a distress call, and um, I don't know why am I blanking all the names. 
thank you. Yep. Holden does his whole like, I'm not really a hero, but he is really a, he's like a proper hero, but he's yeah, he's a properly reluctant. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do the good thing. And then of course the and then you know and then he kills not the stay guys, yeah. if you haven't seen the expanse. If you haven't seen the expanse, go and watch it. It took me a while to like the first time I tried, I bounced straight off it. And then the second time I got super absorbed. And you can now go and watch like all five series or six series, whatever there was. Because then there's going to be a time jump. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just going, what well, it's expansive, right? But that starts with a distress. Yeah, call. that's a good point. Um, and a lot of Star Trek episodes, like we said, tons of them. Yeah. Now, what happens when you read the distress call? Then obviously there's loads of different things. It could just generally, you know, it could be someone who needs the help. They hijack people, hijack your ship. There's alien style. There's bad stuff there. Everybody's dead. But that's a, you know, it's a nice, easy way to just start with something. And you don't have to worry too much about you know, people accept. And one of the biggest problems you have in, in sci-fi is that a lot of the time you have that, that sort of that haggle at the beginning. Someone asks you, how much money are we going to get for this? Yeah. What's in this for us? The distress call, you can get around that a bit easier because it's like, you know, throughout. The, obviously, the downside of it, the distress call that starts your mission is when the players go, nah. Right. Well, I, I think <laughs> I think what you've got to do is, as GM in that situation is either, if you're going to use the distress signal, it has to be either in a context where they're required to or that you seed it with something that it, it's obvious. And you know the other thing too, uh, I, I think especially for a first adventure, like you, ha you have picked a new game or you've come to a new game, you have made characters, you've had your session zero or whatever, you are playing your first session. I don't think there's anything wrong as a GM to say to the players, okay, we're going to, this is, this is the, three word summary of this adventure. I, 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 I think it's, I think it's inconsiderate. I think it's actually disrespectful of the time that a GM puts in for you to yeah. start off fresh. And there's a difference between that and like, we've been playing this for three months and we're 10 sessions in or something like that. That's different, but you're starting fresh and you put out the hook and everyone's like, no, we're going to go do this other navel gazing crap. Like that's actually really uncool and disrespectful as as players. So if you're a player and your GM throws the hook at you in the first adventure, just make your life easy and and that just take it. So yeah, I the, mean, the, don't, that, don't worry about what happened to the crew of the Dromo and Alien. Just no. that, that might not happen to you. It could it could be a good thing. You could work out. Some of you might survive. <laughs> so I think that you the, the distress signal. I think you can take in general. You could take one of two ways. You could either take you could play it straight. There's nothing wrong with playing yeah. it straight. Uh, you know, there is a stress signal. It is a genuine problem. These are people who are in need of help and you go either have to investigate or confront, you know, you snoop around and you try to figure out why this distress signal took place or what's going on, or you get there and there is something to confront to, to save the, the underdog. And that's, I think that's perfectly fine. You, not everything has to be cloaked in, you know, morally gray this that or what but the other side is you could throw a twist and have it be like for example there's an episode of uh, strange new worlds where there is a a distress signal and it turns out to be not quite what it what it uh it seemed to be there's also there's um there's one that involves a a, a request for help that's actually attached to a distress signal that turns out to be not what well, yeah you got both that there's a there's a twist where it like you were talking about with your 5e campaign it's not what you 
what you think it is. So I think you could take that one of two ways. It's perfectly fine to play it straight. And if you want to twist it around and say that this thing is not in distress or it's a trap of some sort, go for it. What was your other one? Um, the other one are kind of linked to the, if, if you play the first one straight, actually, the, the kind of a mission to literally trans, transport something from point A to point B. Hmm. So whether that is cargo or whether that is a person. Um, and again, you can play that straight. So if we, if one of my favorite examples of that is, is Firefly, because actually the original yep. kind of thing of Firefly is that, you know, this, this brother wants him to transport this sister from one to, and for some yeah. reason they never, they stay on the ship and become part of the crew. But that's how it started. Um, and then it, you know, spins off into the whole, oh yeah, by the way, she's some like scary, crazy assassin person with yep. superpowers, which they then did a whole film about. Um, or, you know, the classic, yeah, carry, carrying, you know, a box. Here's a box. Don't look in the box. <laughs> we just want you to take it from A to B. Yep. Don't accidentally look in the back of the car and blow someone's head off carrying it. So now it goes Pulp Fiction because that's the Pulp, the, one of the most I was in Pulp Fiction is essentially carrying a. It's a good point. So then what are ways, so you got to either play it straight, play it straight. What are, if you were to play that straight, either transporting individuals or stuff, which could be cargo or maybe information, what's, uh, what is a way that you would complicate it? Because obviously the distress, distress call is pretty obvious. What are ways that you would complicate that, the, call it the, um, the, the delivery mission, yeah. complicate that and I make it challenging by playing it and play it straight? I think it's usually like something's going to go wrong. Now, whether it's cargo person, it's kind of, does it go on wrong on route because the thing in the box breaks out? Right. And it's a, it is a thing. And then it, you know, it's going to kill everyone on board or the person's infected with something. So that, that, that's when it goes off because actually the thing you're carrying, something happens on route, which makes it difficult. And then that starts off everything. Um, alternatively, there is someone else who wants it and they come and get it on route. So, you know, you could get uh, hijacked or stopped. And again, that could be anything from pirates to the person that it belongs to, to the government, because you've got to run a blockade. And, um, you know, there's quite a few different things might be stopped en route. I think the thing is actually you get, you get to where you're going and there isn't a problem. But then when you get to the, the where you're going, that's when it all goes wrong. Um, so the, you know, you get there and the someone else turns up or to collect or the person that you're delivering it to isn't there. Or the classic, you turn up and you realize the person that you're handing this person off to, actually, it's not a thing. You're, you're, you're doing slavery. Right. Yay. Um, yeah. Because most players, especially in this day and age, will bulk at that and go, oh, oh, no, I'm, I'm not comfortable with handing over a person well, yeah, I would hope. to someone else as a slave. So, and then, sure you know, then, then you can go, there. Do, do you stop right there and then? Do you try and rescue them later? Yeah. Um, so... Well, I think yeah, I, if you're going to play a, the delivery mission straight, I think that you, you're right. You can either you can throw a challenge on the way that is either directed at the cargo or is incidental to like you're moving from star system to star system and pirates attack you and they don't care what you're carrying. They just want to take it or it could be someone who's coming after it because they know what it is. OK, or you have some kind of complication when they arrive. I would caution, though, that if you wanted to, if, if you want to make this a bigger, deeper adventure instead of just like, you know, a, a three part, three act drama kind of thing, if you want to make it more, if you want to have, if you're going to throw a challenge at the party during and you're going to throw a challenge at them when they arrive, I think that you have to make them different in nature. Otherwise, it just becomes like, oh, 
you know, like you're, you're like a teacher who says, you know, oh, I really help my, I'm, I, I'm a, have a rigorous class. And that just means they just give more tedious homework. You're like, you're actually not helping people learn more. You're just burying them in crap. <laughs> uh, so don't like have pirates randomly attack and then have bandits randomly attack at the spaceport. That's just, it, it that, that's a recipe for boredom, I think. But I think, yeah, yeah, playing it straight like that. What about um, if you were to twist it? You have a delivery mission. What's the twist? I've got one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is that the mission itself is utterly mundane, but the, as you brought up, the, the cargo itself is something, I guess in a way you said this, but like I, when you were talking about a person, I thought of there's a, a Star Trek original series episode called Elan of Troyes. And Ilana Troyes is this woman who's being delivered from one planet to another as part of some diplomatic mission that the Enterprise is just facilitating. And she's going to be married off to someone. And she, because of issues related to or innate to her, causes all kinds of problems on the ship, not the least of which she's not interested in getting married. Um, and so that could be a complication. Does she hook like, up with Kirk? Um, I can neither confirm nor deny that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but so you can have the delivery mission be utterly mundane, but that the, as you said, the, the twist could be that the thing itself causes problems or challenges on the way. I think that's a, that's an easy way to do it. And that could be a thing that could be the cargo. Like maybe it's, maybe the cargo is not an alien that wants to eat everybody. Maybe it's, maybe it's some component with like radioactive stuff in it and it breaks and it leaks or something like that. Well, I don't know if you know what tribbles are. Sorry, but you can stand in like a foot over that way. I'm she knows what tribbles she knows are? What she better know what tribbles are. I, I was like, yeah. So I haven't watched much. I've watched very few episodes of the original Star Trek, but I know what tribbles are because they didn't they do a Deep Space Nine episode yes. where they flash back to it? Yep. So what do you think? Another, uh, what, what's a way to twist the, the cargo delivery? I think I think with most, I and mean, we covered it. I mean, essentially, it's going to be that when you arrive, it doesn't go the way you did, or the thing you're carrying isn't what you thought it was, right. or you know. But I, there's so many different ways you can go. Particularly when it's a person, yeah, or you know, two people. Because if it's you know, the, the person doesn't want to go where they want to go, or they don't want to do the thing they're being sent to do there, or they're actually a prisoner, or you know, you know other things. It could be a you're taking a marshal and his prisoner and then it turns out that the prisoner's wrongfully accused and actually the marshal was the, the bad guy and you know it could be something many, as simple as something the the last um before we we set star trek aside to play this 5e stuff um recently the last adventure that i ran one of the one of the stories within it was kind of a double plot adventure but one of them involved them ferrying a uh, a federation ambassador to this world and the mission was really straight you know there was there was actually it was like they needed to go there and assist him to negotiate uh, like a peace between two factions that were you know possibly two religious factions that might get into like some kind of a conflict or civil war okay that was there was absolutely nothing twisty about that it was totally straight the complicating factor aside from them just trying to figure out how to you know resolve this problem was that the ambassador was a jerk <laughs> you know, I just, that, that was it. The, 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 in, in a way, the cargo, the individual they were carrying that was part and parcel to the mission was just difficult. And especially in a, either a game that favors through its systems and its stated 
objectives, lots of character interplay, or just because you like to have that at your table, just have someone be a jerk. Just have someone be difficult. Um, you know, and there's lots of opportunities and for role play within the party. Yeah, I think it's easier in sight because you won't, you don't see this as much in, you know, travel isn't as, okay, travel some, sometimes isn't fancy. You know, we have Lord of the Rings where it's basically just a long journey to throw a ring in a volcano. But, you know, they did that on foot. But when you're stuck yeah. in a, in like a spaceship and, you know, it might be a long journey, depending on the kind of game, it could be weeks to get from point A to point B. Then it gives you a lot more of time to get to know the people you're traveling yeah. with, which then sometimes that could be all that you need. It's just, there's a lot of, there's a you know strife or one mm-hmm. of the people on the ship is nicking you know sorry stealing stuff from from the from the crew and they're wondering where everything's yeah. going missing and you know there was a like it doesn't have it doesn't have do you remember be. that i think it was it was a first season next generation episode where they had uh like two diplomatic parties and like one of them was like a fish they're fish people they're really bad costumes and one of them was like lizard people and they thought that one of the like, lizard people ate one of the fish people or something like that yeah the costumes were so bad anyway uh okay okay i like that i like that you could actually then you use the delivery mission as a as a hook but that's actually not the story that's just the backdrop in which that provides motion or a sense of like accomplishment or moving to accomplish something while the actual story takes place okay i see your next one on here and it's a good one um because it's super tropey and it's uh go on oh it's you're asked to explore question mark question mark question mark yeah that's what you got in your email and And totally you know we do this in we do this in fantasy all the time but it'll be if it's if it's if it's fantasy it's almost so you've been asked to explore a dungeon or a ruin you've got so much more variety in in a sci-fi thing because it could an unexplored planet Mm -hmm. it could be we think a ship's gone down such and such so which is just a space dungeon you know Exactly. There's, 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 there's different reasons to be sent to explore. You know, someone's gone there, we've lost contact, or there was an outpost there, we haven't heard from them. So that's aliens. aliens. Yeah. Um, we've, you know, like, yeah, the setup colony. In fact, that's almost pretty close to one of the expanse things as well. Yep. Oh, something's going wrong there, we need to go and do it. Yep. Um, or literally go into a planet, we don't know what's there. We think someone's gone down, we need you to go and find out. Or that, that's your job. Your job is to... Yeah go and explore strange new worlds. So a good chunk. And that could either be because it's your job. Like if you establish the, the, the characters as say a friend of mine, the one who was on the one who was the co-host way back when, when we did that, um, the twilight 2000 episode, John, he, um, he has kicked around the idea of a traveler campaign where the party are essentially like, um, solar system level emergency personnel. You're like the solar system's fire department, you know? Your Thunderbirds. Yes. I love the Thunderbirds. I love the Tracys. They're great. Anyway, uh, I love the, the, the old ones and they had the little, like the, the, the burger joint <laughs> hats. They were the best burger joint hats and like uh, pageant queen sashes. Um, I really hope the future uh, doesn't look the, like that. The most, yeah, but the most kick-ass technology that we've yes. ever seen in any. Now question. Going about anything else? No, the, no, okay, real quick though, which Thunderbird two and all the cool stuff. Which is the coolest Thunderbird vehicle? Two. Okay, that's why we're friends because that's scientifically because proven to be the thing a, is, to be. It's, the, it's yeah. cheating because two had everything else in it. I don't care. Two is amazing. I mean, okay, uh, it was big and slow and a bit, but it, no, it just it had cool. everything else in it. It was amazing. Oh. Anyway, okay, so also it had it had really good launch. So Actually, the, no, the three had the, the best launch. 
I'm going to, if you don't mind, don't and, and if you do mind, pick at me. Um, I'm going to expand the definition of a go explore something is go somewhere to accomplish something there. Yeah. And it could yeah. either be go there to find out information, like go map this planet. Um, yeah. It could be, you know, and, and that could be because you have a patron that sends you. That's easy. Or yeah. it's your job, which I think is kind of the same patron individual or patron organization. It's the same thing. Or there's vested personal interest. And that's when you have, uh, you know, if if you have the session zero and you have players come up with, oh, here's my backstory. I was a such and such. I was a colonial Marine or whatever. And you go, okay, well, you know, your buddy that you mustered out with a couple of years ago from the colonial Marines, he's on this planet and he, you got a message from him from three months ago asking for help or something, you know, the, the, the the motivating force, the hook for that one should be again, pretty, pretty straightforward, but yeah, go, go to this place and accomplish a thing there, explore it, um, secure it, pillage it. That's the space dungeon. Yeah. I think it's one thing that makes it easier in sci-fi is that a lot of times like you might actually genuinely work in someone. Cause like yeah. the two main motivators are often going to be money. You're broken. You need to maintain your ship or you work for someone. This yeah. is literally your job. Your boss says, do this. Yeah. And you go, okay, well, you're Starfleet. Like, you work for the rebellion. Often doesn't have that kind of the, the idea in fantasy is often you're just random adventurers and you're doing stuff for, I know, shits and giggles. It's a bit weird. It's just like, that's, that's the standard thing in fantasy. Right. Nobody also, questions fantasy, why the murder hobos are doing what no. they're doing. But we're also now in it. Hardly ever do I see an adventure in fantasy where it's right. Someone asked you to go to explore this thing, which is funny because in Pathfinder, that's literally why that's it's a, called Pathfinder. Right. There's a Pathfinder society. society Their job yeah. is to map things out and find things out. But that's never what you no. do in Pathfinder. It's still like dungeons and mysteries and, you know, intrigue and all the same stuff we get in normal fantasy. I, but that seems like a standard sci-fi thing, right? We want you to go to this planet and mm -hmm. see what's there. Oh, this planet's gone like in, that doesn't seem to happen in fantasy. I'll go to right. this island and map the thing. And I think it's the difference of the technology. We assume in sci-fi that you can go there and press a button and it maps the entire planet. And you can go, oh, we can or, leave now. It's or, a class M planet. <laughs> that there is, there's a means of getting into places beyond a frontier and yeah. or that there is knowledge, like call it skeletal knowledge of stuff we don't know about that's out there. So, you know, the the... The easiest way, like with Star Trek, it was like, okay, you're on a you're on a patrol slash exploration duty for these many months in this area, and then it's just like whatever I can throw at you. Uh, yeah, you're right though. The, the the fantasy fantasy doesn't have as much of of that in terms of it being like your job to go do. But I think that's yeah, go there and explore the thing or dig through it either for profit or because it's your job or because you're going to assist someone who is there. I think part of the reason that we don't see this in fantasy, in fantasy, we tend to like having a map and the map tends to have everything on it. Whereas no one in a sci-fi game is of the idea that every single planet that exists yeah. is on a star chart. We, everyone just accepts that, well, this is how many planets we know, but there's a ton more. So if yeah. you want to make up planets, make up some planets. Yeah. Whereas no one kind of goes, oh, in D&D, &D, that blank bit there on the map, just stick something there, yeah. um, which is quite funny because it's, Size-wise, for how much you can travel and stuff, it, it's similar principle. Yeah. But you know, actually, that's um, a that's a fascinating yeah. point because, and I, I I'm going to hazard a guess as to why that's the case is that companies, you well, you have people who work for these companies. I go back to TSR, you know, and publishing the Greyhawk boxed set, and then they publish Forgotten Realms. Like 
they're all a bunch of creatives and they're coming up with these ideas, but they're also a company that has to sell stuff. And so the idea of writing adventures is one thing, but writing up, creating a world, there's your outlet for your frustrated novelist. Mm. Um, so I, I, that's a, that's an interesting point that, yeah, nobody questions. I mean, there are maps in the, you've seen, you know, in the, the, the Star Trek books in the, the inside covers of like the alpha and the beta quadrant and, and stuff like that. There's virtually nothing in detail for the delta quadrant and there's virtually nothing for the gamma quadrant, but that's because in canon, those things are not very well explored. But yeah, there, there's one game I know of that deliberately says, no, we don't do that. And that's um, Forbidden Lands, which is supposed to be a fantasy hex crawl survival game. And so yeah. you start yeah. off knowing Bupkiss about what is out there beyond like a stone's throw of your home. And that's intentional. And um, and then there's Mutant Year Zero, which is the yeah, same thing, like basically. <laughs> you know, uh, Twilight 2000 offers that to a degree, although you would have knowledge of what was there, but you have no idea what its current state is because of the war. Um, but yeah, I think the idea yeah, is going out and like mapping and finding new and exploring for sci-fi, that, that fits perfectly. It's funny thinking about this because although I said we were talking about a ship that in the um I know I've forgotten the thing. <laughs> It'll come back. What's the really transhuman thing? Oh, uh, in Eclipse Phase, that's one of the main sets of adventuring is it's go the idea there's like gates that you go through and the gates can be dialed, or like Star Trek, Star, not Star yeah. Trek, Star Gates are dialed up to go to different things. And then you go through and there's a world there and you're meant to explore it. So that's literally one of the ideas. That's there. a really so good you know, point. very similar thing. That's a really good point. I'm just as I'm, I'm stewing over this in my head is that, yeah, there are they're always outliers, but you just don't. There isn't a whole lot of of fantasy. There aren't a whole lot of fantasy stories where the idea is like we don't know what's over there, like we we don't know if okay, there's mountains, and we actually don't know reliably what is on the other side of them. There's always yeah. the big poster world map, which then sketches out everything, at least from a top level. And sci-fi has think less one ex that. That's a good point. Yeah, I think one exception to that, the actual the Kingmaker campaign part, yeah. that is actually what you had to do there. They said, we want you to go to the Ran border it. kingdoms and, and see what's there. Yeah. So that, they, you know, it has been done, but it's super rare compared yeah. to, look, yeah, despite the fact that we don't have the technology to do this, we know there's this dungeon there. We're going to explain how they're done, but go, go and explore the dungeon or go and explore this thing or go to the... You think it, Everything's already mapped out. Yeah. I like our maps in during that in, in Renaissance. Let's say we go whether we go medieval or Renaissance time period. Our maps of all of that at that time were terrible. Yeah. We know they were terrible because that's how Christopher Columbus ended up in the Caribbean and he yeah. thought he was in India. Yeah. That's how bad. And yet for some reason in fantasy games, we assume that all the maps are <laughs> like That's a really good point. Forgotten like, realms. The map of the Forgotten Realms is super detailed. I know. Who are the badass cartographers who have gone out Arabian and done this, this fine work? There and, yeah. Oh. You know, they, they threw in another continent because they did like, you know, Mazteca, which was sort of Southern America, South America. And they just threw that continent in there and did a similar thing. But still, everything else is like, oh, it's totally well mapped out. And you think, well, clearly, there's no way that anyone on that planet has the maps that good? Unless Elminster's just sitting there pressing a button. Well, on stop! Don't bring him up. So okay, so exploration, exploration, and you could play it straight. There's something to be found at this place, 
or something to be learned that is of value, which then the good GM will use as a lead in to the next thing, the next story. Yeah. Uh, or give or or find some way to, to have things there that are of interest to the, the characters because of how the players made them. And I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't know what kind of a twist. I, mean, I guess if a patron sent you to go explore and they're just trying to get rid of you, you know, like you you ticked off your boss and so your boss just wants you dead. I guess I you think could you do, something do like, like that. you do Lost in Space. When you get there, your ship breaks. Oh yeah, now stuck. So now, you know, but don't, you, you, here, you here's have to the thing. explore, but also you can't leave. But don't do that, GMs. Don't do that to your players unless they know that's coming, yeah. I think. Because if everyone's like, yeah, that's really cool. We're going to play, you know, Traveler, and we're going to move from system to system and get involved in adventures and trade stuff. And then in the first adventure, you're like, yeah, your ship breaks and you're, you're stuck on a tech level five world. Yeah. Uh, pick up a sword. Let's play D&D without magic. And you're like, oh... That's yeah, not the, what the I guy that's put for. all of his skill points into piloting. Is right. That like, uh, right. I like um, to pilot so this horse. Useless. Thanks. Oh. Um, but, so, yeah. yeah, no, if the players know that, yeah, you can do that for a few episodes. So, you, you got another one. Uh, I've got bounty hunting because yeah. that's literally that's how the Mandalorians, I mean, the Mandalorian sure. starts as the bounty hunter and then very quickly became asked to go and collect a person. And it goes back to the thing we, we did earlier where, you know, the Mandalorian finds the baby Yoda and then goes, well, I'm, I, it's give him up. he gives him up, but then he feels bad. Uh, and then that sets off what will be as of next week, three series of crazy Star Wars stuff, which doesn't, and this, you know, any, what? Uh, oh, I was going to say it doesn't involve Skywalkers, but that's not true. Spoilers. This damn is it, a good point, damn you look. I'm tired of them. Uh, tired of that family. This is actually a, a bounty hunters and the Mandalorian is a really great example because it does in it, it involves a couple of these things or has elements of them, but something else that it does that if you're going to run a longer campaign, if you're going to turn this into like a story arc or a campaign, it does a brilliant job of character development as related to these, frankly, really like almost cliched plots. You know, I mean, here's something here. I'll, I'll huck this at you. And maybe you, uh, if you want to listen to the episode, I'll, I'll send you the link when it publishes, but, um, I uh, did a podcast for work uh, in which one of our faculty talked about the the place of the Western, like the Western as a literary or film property in American yeah. culture, like what it represents and what it reflects. And he made a very clear point that, the, I mean, the Mandalorian's packaged as a Western. It's just a Western. Yeah. That's it. And then all of the, and, and when you find the different stories and the things that Mandalorian gets involved in, all of those things have been done ad nauseum in westerns in western films over the last 70 80 years um yeah so that there i, mean, I think star, in that though go ahead i was gonna say you know star wars to some extent is a space western i mean totally. still not to the extent like you know you want to see space with firefly firefly and serenity those are super i mean they they fly around on horses they, they attack a train <laughs> and, yeah they literally those are those are even more western but yeah, yeah the mandalorian clear i mean like that's the whole thing we don't see it in fantasy a lot we don't okay you know the, the idea that might be a wanted poster but that isn't something that people tend to do in fantasy mm. compared to obviously in westerns that's a classic thing and there's a wanted totally. poster you go and track it down but that's a thing that we then expect to see more in sci-fi despite the fact having between between boba fett and mandalorian who are both bounty hunters doing right. very little bounty hunting right um 
But yeah, that's a, and you know what the, the bounty hunt bounty in, hunting place. The bounty hunt is in a way it is a it's your it's like it, it's like the cargo carrying mission in reverse. Yeah. Because you're supposed to go retrieve something. Now, the bounty hunt could also be a thing. So you could call this like a retrieval mission, of which a bounty hunt for an individual is, you know, is that. And I've obviously, again, you just play it straight. I mean, that's why I think, yeah, bounty hunt is that you can literally do. I mean, like I know if I play Star Wars again at any time soon, I would quite happily have both the players, right? You're bounty hunters. Yeah. Because that's their job. So you yeah. give them a bounty, but the bounty can be different because, you know, they've got to find the person. I still don't understand how it works in Star Wars because they seem to be able to like get very close to the person with very little effort, but then it requires effort. And I'm like, like is this some kind of GPS thing? Don't scrape. Their, uh, you know what? Honestly, never understand it. The vast majority of Star Wars plots do not scrape too much. Yeah. The, the paint is quite, but, you know, you've got, you've got to find the person. So that can be a lot of, you know, a mixture of technology and, and meeting people and talking and following leads. And yep. then, you know, then when you get, they have to track the person and then maybe there's a fight and that's when you have the whole, you know, they're with a gang and so you've got to fight the yep. gang and then you, and then like, then you are on the, ca the carrying person in the cargo thing where then we're back to the other thing we said of carrying people. Um, and which means you can do a lot of different things. Some of them can just be straight. You find the person, you take them back, yep. you find the person and then they're wrongfully arrested. They're wrongfully wanted because it's just yeah. actually someone put a bounty out on you know, their brother because they didn't pay their bar tab or something stupid um you know so there's uh, yeah i think bounty hunt is, is is one way i feel i could run a not a long camp a decent length campaign certainly there would be more bounty hunting by bounty hunting in my bounty hunter campaign than there was in or certainly than in right. flipping boba fett with you know though there but, could know, be the mandalorian has bits the, the nice thing about a bounty hunt, like a very traditional played straight bounty hunting, the assumption of that being like, there's the, there's the foundation of the story. There are plenty of, of on-ramps to character development and plenty because of the travel involved and the interaction with different individuals and groups. There's plenty of, of off on-ramps, whatever. There are plenty of ways to, to steer the story in another direction that could also involve a lot of character development. And again, Mandalorian is a, a perfect example of that. Um, but I'm going to call it retrieval because it could be a thing. Yeah. It could be a thing. Um, I like your next one too. It's so classic. It's perfect. I can't, well, they actually refer to it as an aliens, but an aliens only just go, yeah. Is, the, uh, is this just another bug hunt? And it's like, you wish it, it says there is a xenomorph involved. Okay. It's just another bug hunt. I just, it always makes me want to know what have they previously hunted? Yeah. Because I, I can't imagine that the Xenomorphs and the Aliens films are the, like the scariest monsters. There must be scarier, worse things than that out there, bigger. I don't think so. Fear, I think the Xenomorphs but, are presented as a, a, the apex threat. But, you, but it's clear that there are other beasties yeah. because of, that, because of that, that very short exchange on the flight deck of the Sulaco in Aliens. Absolutely. But yeah, bug, bug can, hunt. Can, can't we just get a Colonial Marines TV show? where the Marines are just dropped on different planets doing do Marine, colonial Marine stuff. Putting, yeah. Putting down uprisings or I don't know, doing training, whatever. The, we don't know what they do. We get, we get one aliens film right. where they all well, spoilers, but you know, the film came out in the eighties. So tough. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't they all, they all die. They all die. And the one who yeah. doesn't dies at the start of the next film. So, you know, but that film doesn't exist. Remember that. Remember where we stop. 
yeah, a bug I hunt is. Yeah. And the, here's the neat thing about a bug hunt is that a bug hunt could be something that your characters are sent to go deal with, or something that happens where they are. Yeah, and it could be something uh, with a really significant threat, a la alien or aliens, or it could be something that is a what in Star Trek Adventures they'd call a B plot which is that other plot that runs... There was an episode of Deep Space Nine. I think there may have been a few where these things were mentioned. There was these things called Cardassian voles. They were some kind of large... They were like a rodent of unusual size in space or something like that. They were big rodents on Deep Space Nine that uh, Miles O'Brien was complaining about because they were like chewing on wires or something like that. So there was an episode I remember where they the the havoc they were wreaking played more prominently, but I think they were mentioned on a number of occasions. So it could be, it, a, a bug hunt doesn't have to be like alien. A bug hunt could be something a little less awful, but could cause problems. Yeah, then we can, I mean, look at Starship. Starship is a one long drawn out, slightly weird political bug hunt. Yeah. Because that, that's what they're doing. The yeah. bugs supposedly aren't bug intelligent, and there's a lot of them to kill. Um, and, you know, they are, they can kill you back. Yep. Um, but that's why you have grunts with you. To take yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, there are plenty of things you could do with that, obviously. Um, and again, play it straight or, I mean, alien is a, is a bug hunt with a twist sitting right under the surface that there's this, you know, this company that's behind you. How much do they know and how much are they to blame and this and that. The other thing. So you could throw in twists like that, or you could just, again, play it straight. It's a bug. It's a thing and it's eating people or it's spraying goo all over the place or it's devouring wires and the spaceships don't work and again it could be at a at a location or it could be on a ship itself like you're out in moving from place to place and again maybe the maybe this becomes the b plot that takes over for the a plot on your exploration thing like you go to a place to explore it and then you get a stowaway in the form of some goo or something like that then then on the way back creates all kinds of problems and then there's your, then there's your lead in to the next adventure that articulates well that is connected to that which you've just finished so it's they're not episodes they're chapters in the same extended story um but there you go you got any you want to add to this um you know what one of a sort and it, it actually harkens back to a to a a western trope is the um call it like the defense or the protection, <laughs> you know, we're like, yeah, yeah. you're in a place you turn up that, in the town and someone's going to come. Yeah. In. Yeah. 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 El Guapo shows up and you're the three amigos <laughs> or something like that. Um, <laughs> That's exactly what I thought of first. I didn't think of the proper ones like the Magnificent Seven and the other ones. That was the one yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. of first was the three amigos. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean that, that, that's a, that's a great one. You could have the, the, and there are, there's a serenity episode. There where is, they're, there is a they're like protecting episode, that brothel. Exactly that. Yeah. 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 I mean, there are plenty of examples of that. And again, you can play it straight, or you could play it with like a um, you know, in 300 with the 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 mutant trader dude, you know, where you have maybe yeah. there's someone on the inside who is, you know, it's again, all of these, I think the 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 great way to approach these is okay, how would this function if I just ran it straight? How would it function if I threw a twist in? And what kind, you know, to what extent do I want that twist? But yeah, the call it the the defense or protection story. Either you're called to a place to protect it, or where you are, you're the heroes. Sorry, you're it. 
you're the annual heroes. You drew your lots. Now you have to deal with it. I think definitely. I mean, one thing I would say, to, if you are lacking in brave sci-fi, there's so much good sci-fi out there, which is easy to get an idea from. Yeah. You know, not not necessarily films, but just TV shows. Like we have however many different ver- sure. versions of Star Trek there are. And Star Trek might not be the right flavor you want, but, you know, there's ideas in there that you can apply to other. But certainly like Firefly is just mm-hmm. absolute gold for running Brilliant. this kind of stuff. The Expanse. Um the expanse, the one downside of the expanse, the expanse is very good at like a long form, big campaign, but it's, it's, you can tell it's based on a book. It's got a long yeah. interweaving story. You know, the expanse isn't doing like a, a story of the week kind of thing that Star Trek was very good at. But you could extract those from it. Yes. You know, like the, the attack on Ganymede, you know, that becomes something Just that's like, a, that's a distress if you're call. In Star, yeah. If you're, if you're interested in, sci-fi watch the expanse it's it's great sci-fi you know storytelling firefly and star trek looks good firefly is amazing obviously star Star trek is you know you go back and watch the old star and even watching next generation now it's like oh this looks old yeah (laughs) it it looks really um and i you uh, know yeah space nine is better i'm a fan i i i've heard good things and don't tell me if you've seen any of it but i i've i've heard some folks say that Picard season three, I've watched none of Picard, but that which I've read about season one and then to a lesser extent, season two, it just, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of everything has to be morally ambiguous. Everything's gray. Everything at its core is kind of rotten. I'm not a big fan of that as like a, a, a that's a, it feels like that's like a, we're in that fictional moment right now where like everything kind of, everything's just kind of rotten. I don't yeah. like that. Um, so I uh, would stick the with the first you. series Picard. I absolutely loved. It was okay. great. And I didn't feel like it. I thought it was, I th- it felt like it was really clear who the good guys and the bad guys kind of thing was season two started. Okay. Then very quickly tried to go into this. Oh, we've got to do shady. Great. Um, before, sorry, spoilers, but it's, you know, a while, but they travel back in the past and basically did star Trek episode, which is the, what's the one voyage home. Is that the four with the whales? Yeah. They basically did star Trek. Yeah, they did Star Trek four for a series. Yeah. You know, just like uh, I, I, I. But so, so back. So we've got we have. I'd say the original series, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Strange New Worlds, big time. I would put no, forth. Eh, I would I would put forth <laughs> the original three Star Wars movies. I would put forward the Clone Wars cartoon series, um, like you said, Firefly, yeah, yeah. Um, Starship Troopers as a book avoid any of the movies save yourself i love that the first film is great but i have anything else after that is terrible the first great one is at good. what <laughs> well because it picks out some of the bits but it throws them in as like little things that you've got to look for but it's a lot of it's a lot of fun it's big silly fun while bizarrely sending the whole empire up as basically space nazis which is a bit like read the book um, um but actually the stargate tv series was yeah. was very very good um yeah. that you know d- despite the a lot of people haven't watched it that has that has a lot of you know they go okay they're not using ships yeah. using portals until later series um but that has a lot of really good stuff of you know going to another planet and they find and then there's different things happening when they get there which again yeah. a lot of them are, are tropes taken by other things um yeah i think those i are- really like they did a they did a series which they cancelled called i think it was called stargate universe where it was like the shoot, we'd, we'd taken all this technology and built a spaceship and then yeah. like went wrong and then we're in a portal the other side. Actually, that had some interest. There's quite a lot. There's a lot of good sci-fi out there. Oh, yep. Killjoys. Watch Killjoys. Killjoys is amazing. Oh, there's, there's tons and of stuff. And, that. 
Yeah, there's well, lots of good sci-fi out there to watch. Here's Beyond what I'm going to request. And as always, I'll put a link in the, uh, in the notes to our Discord. If you've got ideas of series you know, or, or shows, either short runner or longer, or movies, science fiction that you think would be good places for people to turn, jump on board and, and, and give us some ideas. Also, books. So we're not going to hit that now because there are so many. Um, but yeah, books as well. Um, to throw at people, I think, not literally, but that would be a, a good and useful thing. So cool. What Now, which one, what do you want to do next? What genre? I think, what do you think? I think next time we should pick a game because okay. then we can t- keep between our 2D20 and non-2D20. So like, let's, if, uh, you know, unless we think of something, because obviously if something else do comes we, up. Do we, we want to ask that. people to weigh in? Uh, With the, the limiter that obviously that, we're going to do what we want to do? this we can do the problem is is that by the time this comes out we will already have recorded some episodes oh, yeah. probably that's never mind then so that's only problem. um but yes people can suggest future things yeah yeah okay um, so yeah do, do that if you've got ideas for either games that you want ideas for or genres yeah jump on and and on the discord and and share because we don't but have okay. to stick to 2d20 but no um i think we should although i suspect we will do with the 2d20 outside of like star trek because it's easy and uh we could do Conan in infinity because oh, i think there's in stuff that we can do them i vote for octone cthulhu yes i think we can do that because okay. i did say i i did make a criticism of it that it doesn't explicitly give you very many good adventure ideas in it and unfortunately as much as like this will be mostly you because when I come to like do anything with Cthulhu, it's like, right, there's these Cthulhu cultists mm. and they're going to do a ritual right, that, yeah. and the beast thing is going to come through and you have to stop it. Yeah. And that's pretty much where I end. But like, you know, now they're Nazis. So, okay. So um, we're going to do so an yeah, episode do an about Cthulhu. story ideas, seeds for Octon Cthulhu. Perfect. Yes. All right. I think we did our job for the day. Thank you so much for listening. You can visit our show's homepage at anchor.fm slash fluff and crunch. That's F-L-U-F-F-N-C-R-U-N-C-H. We would really appreciate feedback and reviews on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to this on. Thanks so much.